0: Brazil's Congress is coming back from vacation this week, with several important issues on its docket, and a faction of lawmakers banging the drums of war against the government and the Supreme Court. From institutional feuds, to setting the fine print of the tax reform approved by the House and Senate last year, to measures that will impact federal revenue, the 2024 Congressional year has plenty of pitfalls in store for President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva and his administration. My name's Ewan Marshall, Deputy Editor of The Brazilian Report, and this is Explaining Brazil. if you like
1: explaining brazil you should subscribe to the brazilian report the journalistic engine behind this podcast we're an independent organization funded by subscribers and you can help us stay independent and continue to produce award-winning journalism and if you are already a subscriber you can go the extra mile and join our buy me a coffee fan page in return you will get exclusive perks like special newsletters and behind-the-scenes content, as well as a shout-out here on our podcast. Today, I'd like to thank our Buy Me A Coffee members, Carson Allen, Gabriel Luca, Andrei Novoseltsev, Pen Ludvik, Leslie Seal, Mark Hillary, Luis Hans, Erwin Menais, Aaron Berger, Kars Vresvik, Alasdair Townsend, Miller Renascido, Peter Abrahamson, David Dixon, José Rosy Stankovic, Emerging Market Muser, Anna Lund, Peter Suffering, Anderson da Silva, and someone who chose to remain anonymous. And our Buy Me A Coffee members come from all over the world, so please, if we are butchering the pronunciation of your name, do send us an email. And if you too believe in the importance of independent journalism and want to hear your name on our podcast, go to buymeacoffee.com slash BrazilianReport and subscribe to one of the membership tiers. Click on buymeacoffee.com slash BrazilianReport to find out more.
0: This week, I'm glad to welcome back Cede Silva, our Brazilian correspondent. Cede, thanks for dropping by.
2: Uh, Iwan, thank you for having me.
0: Now, before we delve into the 2024 Congressional year, can you just kind of bring us up to speed on how last year went, both in terms of what Congress actually approved, but also how its relationship was with other branches of government?
2: So the major bottom line of 2023 in Congress, of course, is the approval of the landmark tax reform which will greatly change the way consumption taxes work in Brazil. It, is, uh, it, is simple, it, it simplifies Brazil's tax code, makes it hopefully more progressive, and also eliminates a lot of power from the part of state governments to charge different tax brackets on different uh, products, which uh, not only reduces avenues for corruption, but is also a good decision in terms of um, companies Deciding which products you produce based on the market demands, and not based on which products have artificially a lower tax bracket, uh, a lower tax bracket due to a political decision. Uh, in terms of the relationship between Congress and other branches of government, what we did have was uh, some uh, leaders in the far right opposition. Uh, many of them allies to Bolsonaro. They have been trying so far unsuccessfully to curtail the powers of the Supreme Court. And there's a lot of talk about what they call quote-unquote judicial activism. And the other thing we had was uh, the Congressional Select Committee on the January 8th riots in which uh, the pro-government lawmakers successfully approved the report, which correctly Although uh, incomplete, uh, in an incomplete assessment, uh, they went after the the far right leadership, especially Jair Bolsonaro himself who uh, was responsible for the January eight riots.
0: And usually the months of December and January are quite uneventful in terms of congressional news in Brazil, because lawmakers are on holiday and, you know, very little work actually gets done in Brasilia. But this year was different, right? Because there was a lot of back and forth between the Senate and the finance ministry. They were sending messages to each other through the press about this matter of payroll tax breaks to certain sectors of the economy. Could you explain for us what's going on there?
2: So, as we showed in our newsletter, um, the discussion on the payroll tax exemptions, um, is not being done in Congress because Congress is still on recess and they're going to go back to work on Monday, February 5. But the, the issue is still on the table. And what we saw happening was, um, some of, some of President Lula's assistants and also Senate President Rodrigo Pacheco, they were airing their demands and basically negotiating via the press, so to speak, because the issue is not yet resolved and because Congress is in recess, they cannot uh, issue a final decision on this. So these payroll tax exemptions, they were enacted uh, several years ago during the Dilma Rousseff administration, and this allows uh, some economic sectors, a few uh, select economic sectors, to pay less taxes over their payroll of employees. The Lula administration wanted to end these exemptions, and in fact, President Lula vetoed a bill um, that extended uh, these uh, exemptions, but uh, Congress uh, has overridden Lula's veto. So in response, Lula issued a provisional decree that limits the effects of this exemption, and some uh, lawmakers who are closely aligned with select economic sectors, such as tourism and communication, for example, um, they they are discussing this issue and we will see um, what's going to happen on the first few weeks because the lawmakers, they have an opportunity to strike down Lula's decree or they can reach a different solution, which is what Finance Minister Fernando Haddad has been hinting at.
0: So how do you see that panning out then, Sede?
2: Well, there are always in Brazilian politics, there's always a lot of surprises and there are a lot of different options on the table uh, because many of these lawmakers are very flexible in terms of not getting exactly what they want, but getting something else instead, uh, which might be uh, different earmarks or different budget for a different project or a different bill, and so on and so forth. So, there's a lot of um, negotiating room. So, I, I wouldn't uh, be so bold as to speculate and the final result they will
0: achieve. And from the government's point of view, I mean, they've promised a zero deficit. How crucial is it that they manage to scrap these tax exemptions?
2: Yes, it is absolutely crucial because the Lula administration has been working to get absolutely every cent of extra revenue they can get. Um, The government calculates that this payroll tax exemption is going to cost over $9 reais this year. And uh, to get the zero deficit, uh, they will need absolutely every extra hell they can get. Um, The federal government just posted that in 2023, They, they had a very large deficit of over 200 billion reais. Uh, so in order to get to that zero deficit, uh, those nine billion would really come in handy. And not only that, but they are also working for other additional sources of revenue. And they are, they will, the finance minister Fernando Haddad and the government, they're going to throw everything and the kitchen sink in order to raise revenues.
0: Another point of contention was President Lula's decision to veto part of the 2024 budget that would have seen a huge increase in the amount of money that Congress members are entitled to through budget earmarks, right? What's the status there?
2: Yeah, so uh, Institutional Minister Alexandre Padilha said in an interview that those five billion reais in earmarks uh, were needed uh, in the budget and the government needed to take from somewhere. So they did that with the earmarks. But him and Planning Minister Simone Tebic both said that those earmarks and that budget is still under discussion. And uh Planning Minister Simone Tebic even said that the government could review the veto to those five billion in earmarks after Carnival uh in mid-February. So um depending on the expectation of revenues and depending on how negotiations on a lot of other things uh, uh, happen. The government could review uh, that also because it's important for the government uh, to keep a coalition and to keep uh, at least some lawmakers satisfied in order to get approval for other legislation that the government uh, wants to enact in Congress.
0: And speaking of legislation, what's on Congress's docket earlier this year?
2: Well, for the government, the government, the federal government is mostly interested in the regulation of the tax reform. So the tax reform that was approved in 2023 was actually a constitutional amendment, a very large constitutional amendment. But this amendment uh, needs regulation, needs a common legislation, which requires a lower threshold than a constitutional amendment to pass. And they are going to need uh, this legislation, uh, in order to give teeth to the tax reform on how uh, several rules are going to work for different products and sectors and and etc. So this is uh, one of the main issues uh, for the government is the regulation of tax reform. Um, the government will also look into uh, one one thing that they were interested in last year, which is in approving the so-called fake news bill with uh, regulations basically for social media companies. But of course, uh, that is a very spicy issue, uh, especially because the pro-Bolsonaro far-right legislation is so closely aligned with the big techs, with Facebook and Google, who publicly do not want any new regulations at all.
0: And would you say that the government and Congress are singing from the same hymn sheet in terms of their agenda and priorities?
2: Well, on some economic issues, that certainly can be said because the tax reform uh, was approved with a very large majority and you will find people uh, in the right that will have compliments to Finance Minister Fernando Haddad and to the economic agenda of the Lula administration. But, uh, they definitely do not sing the same on some other issues, such as happened, for example, with earmarks and especially on matters of what people, uh, wrongfully call, in my understanding, the so-called, um, agenda of habits, which, uh, we're talking about, uh, gums and gay rights and, and gay wedding and drugs and so on and so forth, whereas, uh, where the, the far right opposition has a very different priorities from the government, and also in terms of uh, limiting the powers of the Supreme Court.
0: And Sede, one of the main events on the calendar this year are the municipal elections in October. How do they affect work in Congress? I mean, especially in terms of these measures that we've talked about from the government that seek to increase federal revenue.
2: Yeah, so it's much more about political will, in my understanding, than actually about the city elections uh, um, hindering the work of Congress. Finance Minister Fernando Haddad said in an interview earlier this year, 2024, that he was not expecting uh, to get approval of another tax reform in income tax uh, this year because of the city elections. But uh, the fact is that Congress has approved a major legislation in years with city elections before. For example, in 2012, uh, which was also a year of uh, city elections, uh, Congress got the approval of the so-called Forest Code, which is a very important environmental and agricultural legislation in Brazil. Also, in 2008, uh, there was this talk uh, in early 2008 about how taxes uh, were going to be a major point in the city elections later uh, later that year. And that really didn't happen. Uh, at the time, Gilberto Kassabi was the mayor of São Paulo and in 2007, uh, the opposition to Lula, who was president of the time, they got to block the renewal of a tax, uh, which we had in Brazil called the CPMF, which was a tax on financial transactions, which we also called it the check tax because you, you need to pay this tax over, over checks when people used to use uh, bank checks. And um, the opposition in early 2008, owing to their success in blocking the CPMF tax. Uh, they were saying that 2008 was going to be heavily dominated by the issue of taxes on the city elections, which didn't happen at all. And in fact, uh, Mayor Kassabi, uh, what, who was uh, campaigning successfully, for re-election that year, his uh, re-election was much more about local topics in the city of Sao Paulo, uh, such as his legislation in uh, billboards and um, the subway, the metro system uh, works, uh, city hall works and so on and so forth. So Brazilians are much more concerned during city elections, mostly about city themes. And so um, uh, Congress can both enact major legislation in the municipal year like they did in twenty twenty in twenty twelve with the forest code, and also not necessarily uh what is being discussed in Congress will get uh to be discussed in the city elections themselves. But there are a lot of leaders, even uh, in in mostly on the right, but some also on the left, who want to nationalize the city elections uh because uh they they, they this is their way of getting votes and this is their their way of uh, not discussing specific city topics and it's much easier uh to just portray every political battle as a struggle between communism and progressivism and so on and so forth but so um but but back to your question about what's going to be the the, the strategies for the, the different political groups uh, something that is being cooking in in uh, the last few months is a coalition between three major parties in the big center: uh, the Progressives Party, the Republicans, and União Brasil. And they possibly they could form a federation, which is a new political arrangement in Brazil. Which basically the parties function as a single party for a limited uh, four years, and this would give them a lot of leverage and a lot of money. Uh, in city elections, but they would also um, work as a coalition in Congress. So if this mega coalition is formed, it would be the the biggest political development in terms of the relationship between between Congress in Brasilia and the elections for City Hall uh, nationwide.
0: And speaking of elections, next year we're going to have the House and Senate both electing new leaders because House Speaker Artur Lira and Senate President Rodrigo Pacheco, they've already been in their positions for two terms and they're going to have to step down. And because these are such important jobs, maybe a lot of what will be done this year might also be conditioned by these different groups trying to gain control of the House and Senate next year, do you think?
2: Yes, we're seeing that most notably in the Senate because uh, Senate President Rodrigo Pacheco, uh, he, he used it to be a very mild mannered man. He really doesn't pick battles. Um, especially during the Bolsonaro administration, he refrained from, from siding with the opposition in order to get the select panels on the, on the COVID pandemic, for example, approved. And now Mr. Pacheco completely changed his tone, completely changed his behavior, and he's now siding with the pro Bolsonaro opposition. Uh, in terms of uh, having a, a discussion and having debates about the bills seeking to limit uh, the powers of the Supreme Court and of individual Supreme Court justices. He's speaking this battle now because he needs votes of the senators themselves to get his ally Davio Columbre, who is also a former Senate president, uh, re-elected. Uh, next year, or reinstated, or or better, uh, reinstated next year in February 2025 as the new Senate president. Um, and, of course, Arthur Lira, um who was elected by a very large supermajority of House members, uh, wants to pick his successor, and so he's, he needs to cater to a large, wide agenda of lawmakers in different parties uh, in order to get his appointed successor uh, elected next year as the new president. Uh, Speaker of the House and this also goes uh, a lot with another important development will be whether or not this coalition uh, of the Progressives Republicans and União Brasil parties is formed or not which would give this uh, new coalition if it is to be formed a lot of votes and a lot of power uh, in the so called big center
0: Sidi, to finish off and maybe bring this full circle, uh, last year, the success or failure of the congressional year depended on, as you mentioned, the consumption tax reform. If it passed, it was going to be a good year. If it didn't, it wasn't going to be a good year. Do we have a similar issue that will serve as you know, a sort of litmus test for 2024?
2: Well, I think it depends on who you ask. Uh, every litmus test has a designer. Someone designs the litmus test. Uh, in order to know uh, whether or not there is a different chemical or different thing in that, in that test. Uh, same goes for uh, a pregnancy test is designed to indicate whether or not a person is pregnant, but it is designed with that intention and there are specific chemicals. Uh, in order for that to happen. So I think the litmus test, uh, it depends on who you're asking. Uh, For the the point of view of the Lula government, uh, Congress passed the litmus test in approving the tax reform. But if you ask Bolsonaro, there's a video of Bolsonaro asking lawmakers not to get the tax reform approved. So in Bolsonaro's view, uh, Congress failed the litmus test because uh, they approved the tax reform, uh, even with the votes of some allies To Bolsonaro, Uh, the same thing could be said about the panel on the January eight riots. Uh, For the government, it was a successful panel, and for the opposition, uh, Congress failed the litmus test because the panel did not approve uh, the the conspiracy theories of the far right about the January eight riots and so on and so forth. But if we keep In the same point of view of the federal government, then we can say that the litmus test will be whether or not Congress can approve, most notably in the first semester, uh, the regulations for the tax reform, since the tax reform was already approved and now it needs new teeth, and so um, the, the, the finance minister, at least, is going to focus on that part of the legislation uh, in order to continue the work necessary for the tax reform to work as intended.
0: Cede, thanks a lot. I'm sure you're going to be keeping an eye out for everything that's happening in Congress and be sure to let us know here.
2: Uh, thank you very much. We will be keeping a close eye also uh, when the when Congress goes back from recess uh, next Monday, February 5.
0: Cede Silva is the Brazilian report's correspondent in Brasilia, the Brazilian federal capital, and you can read his articles on Brazilian politics on Brazilian.report. If you like explaining Brazil, please give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening on YouTube, don't forget to like the video and subscribe to our channel. Or better yet, subscribe to The Brazilian Report, the journalistic engine behind this podcast. We have a subscription-based business model and your memberships fuel our journalism and keep us going and growing. And thanks to our subscribers, we've been able to cover Brazil and Latin America extensively, and our work has won and been shortlisted for several international journalism awards. More recently, our newsletters won the best newsletter prize in the Americas from the World Association of Newspapers and News Publishers for a small or local newsroom. And in order to keep doing that work, we need your support. So please go to Brazilian.Report/Subscribe. I'm Ewan Marshall. Thanks for listening. Explaining Brazil we will be back next week.